0: Welcome into another edition of the Ag Spray Equipment Podcast, Priming the Pump. I'm your host, Jason Danley, and thank you so much again for joining us. Uh, great to have you on. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time doing intros and talking about stuff because, well, it's a busy time of year. You're probably busy spraying. You're probably busy trying to get out in the field and get something done. So we want to get to it and get you some information uh, on uh, maybe some tips and tricks to uh Make sure your sprayer is going to perform a little better this year. We welcome into the podcast product manager of Ag Spray Equipment, uh, amongst other titles that he holds, Don Blaser. Don, great to have you back on the podcast once again.
1: Honored to be on. As far as I know, Jason, I am the, the first guest to have a repeat appearance. Is that correct?
0: Uh, Well, you're close. You're close. You're, you're, you're we, we had uh, Jeff Peterson with Heartland uh, Farm Partners. Oh, man. But see, you're the first spray guest. You're the first internal <laughs> guest that we've had twice. Mostly because nobody else wants to come on with me yet. You're still waiting this thing out, and you are foolish enough to pick up your phone. <laughs> Well, Don, it is that time of year. Many of the people across the country have already started spraying. I mean, we've been spraying for a while now, but we always think, and you and I talk about this constantly, sometimes you got to remind people over and over and over again, hey, don't forget some of the basic practices that we talk about in spraying to make sure that your experience throughout the year is consistent and good. And and we were talking offline uh, about this and thought, Hey, you know, let's, let's talk about that on the podcast. So I, I appreciate you coming on to uh, be the brains uh, behind uh, this podcast. Um, as I would call it, you would be the professor and I would just be uh, Gilligan <laughs> or uh, in, in Skipper's body, basically.
1: <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, you know, I think, um, one of the most important things guys need to do every every season uh that we you know we're always in a hurry but it's it's critically important that we do you do a a nozzle check test uh, either on your sprayer or your liquid applicator just to make sure that you're getting the proper application rate um you know and it all ties back to speed and pressure ultimately when we're applying liquids but um, we need to do a good catch test. Make sure you know we our, our pressure gauge is working correctly. We don't have wear in our tips. Um, you know, so that's a a number one is making sure we're doing a, a good catch test at the beginning of the year to make sure we're getting the proper application rate.
0: And it's key also that depending on the number of acres you're getting over, especially if maybe you're a custom applicator and you're just doing thousands and thousands and thousands of acres, uh, it, it is probably wise to repeat that process throughout the year when you switch chemicals, switch products, uh, just get a number of acre on just to check because wear and tear on tips, uh, plugs, uh, you know, line issues, uh, whether it be you're having valve issues too. I mean, there's all sorts of things that can play into the fact that uh, just because it was working when you tested it on uh, May 1st doesn't mean now June 1st and July 1st when you go and spray, uh, it, it's going to be uh, applying at the same rate.
1: Absolutely, and you know the things we run up against. Um, it, it could be you know strainers getting plugged, or maybe you drag a nozzle on the ground and you don't realize it, and, and the patterns are, uh, all screwed up, or now, there's a number of things that can happen, so it's important that you're checking those nozzles periodically throughout the season. And again, you know, trying to do somewhat of a catch test to make sure that nozzle is within spec. You know, once they get out of 10 to 15 percent, it's recommended that you replace the nozzle. So that's a pretty minimal investment to make sure you're getting the right application.
0: Yeah, because if you're over-applying uh, a chemical that's, that's costing you some, some real dollars, 10% adds up pretty quickly over 500 to 600 acres. So that new set of tips that when you look at that price tag uh, kind of makes you grind your teeth uh, if you look at it down the road with what you might be over-applying, uh, it, it more than pays for itself with just that purchase. Uh, the other thing I always talk about, Don, too, is uh, when when people are initially starting out or switching tanks in between chemicals, or maybe you have a, a pre-emergent spray or an early season spray, and you got to get back in later on. It's always good before you really get going to put a you know a couple gallons of water, a couple hundred gallons of water, if you got a field sprayer, or even if you just have a little ATV sprayer, a couple gallons of water in there. You know, rinse everything out, get some tank cleaner, uh, get some spray system cleaner, really rinse things out. And it gives you an opportunity once again to, to check your system.
1: Yeah, it's important when you're done with a uh, spraying a particular uh, chemical or, you know, ideally on a daily basis when you're done is to, to flush that system out. Because certain chemicals and chemistries uh, actually will attack or and react with some of the, the seal materials. Which will cause them to either swell or get hard, and then when you go back to use it again, things won't function properly, particularly in your check valves. You know, there's certain products out there that, uh, if they sit in the line, they'll seem to settle out, and then, like say, they'll attack those uh, seals and gasket materials, and then that'll cause cause you issues um, that'll keep you out of the field.
0: You know, as we we talk about spraying, we talk about you know, calibrating your tips and your nozzles, but uh, you know, we get into some of the uh, the bigger uh, issues that guys run into, and of course, it's it's kind of the namesake of this podcast at times. Priming your pump, making sure your pump is primed, we talk about that a lot on this podcast. But also, you will run into pump issues, and and just because the pump and everything worked great the last time out, you might have issues now. Whether that be, like you mentioned, a seal issue, an impeller issue. Uh, there's all sorts of things that uh, that you can do to kind of help troubleshoot and also to make sure that uh, that pump keeps running in prime condition. Uh, for instance, you know, like I said, the the, the namesake of, of this podcast, keeping the pump primed. Uh, but there's also uh, issues, you know, as you carry on throughout the year uh, that could cause that pump to malfunction as well.
1: Yeah, and there's there's a lot of things that can go into that depending on what kind of pump you're actually using, whether it's a centrifugal pump or a positive displacement pump like a roller pump or a diaphragm pump. But, um, you know, just last week, uh, me and the service manager, Jason Hake, while we're out on a service call with a gentleman having some uh, issues. And, um, you know, what we found was is he was over-speeding his pump. He was running it w- way faster than it needed to be. And part of that was due to the fact that some of the plumbing on the machine – And he was trying to do a really high rate. And so he was um, actually causing premature damage to his pump because of some plumbing issues that we were running into. So it's important when you get going to to make sure that you're setting your pump appropriately so we're not overspeeding it um, and that uh, the plumbing is in good working condition because uh, that'll just result in premature uh, pump failure. Uh, when you overspeed the pump, you're going to ultimately, you're going to probably take the G rotors out of a hydraulic or eat the rollers up on a roller pump. So uh, it's important to, to, you know, again, as you mentioned earlier, you know, put some water in it, um, kind of simulate the speed that you want to run, this pressure that you're going to need to run, and then kind of get your pump set accordingly so that it's only having to work as hard as it has to uh, versus... Um, uh, some of these newer tractors guys don't realize, particularly on the hydraulic pumps, that those are percentages on those dials. So mm-hmm. they may have a you know, 0 to 10, and the pump says that it needs 13 gallons a minute, and they go, like, well, my dial only goes to 10. Well, that's not 10 gallons a minute. That's percent. That's 100%. It's 100% um,
0: of 30 gallons per minute of your hydraulics or whatever your tractor capacity is. <laughs>
1: Right, exactly. So, you know, that pump may only be needing for your particular application, depending on, you know, the speed, gallon per acre, and so forth. It may only need seven gallons a minute. So, you know, it may only need to be on a setting of three or four, and guys have them set at seven or eight or nine, and that pump is just sitting back there humming, again, is just which is ultimately going to lead to premature uh, pump failure.
0: Yeah, and that was one thing I did want to get into with you a little bit is, you know, the gallons per minute on these pumps, something that commonly happens, and we see it a lot this year, not to get too into the weeds, but supply issues, supply and demand. You need a pump, and, and say you're running a 93.03C, you know, HM3C, for some reason, it's taking 24 gallons per minute. Well, you come into ag spray and you want a 9303C, and the only one that's on the shelf, it's the last one on the shelf before the next shipment comes in is a 9303C HM4C. That thing only takes seven gallon per minute. Now, if you just go plug and play, put that pump onto your sprayer and turn it on in the same capacity that you did previously, you're sending three times as much hydraulic oil uh, to, that, uh, to that pump as what you were before. And as Don mentioned, you're going to uh, tear that G-Rotor out of there eventually, and then you're going to probably wonder why the pump went out. Same thing with an FMC pump from Ace Pumps, you know, an FMC 150. Uh, you've got different, uh, hydraulic settings on each one of those. So always got to, you know, not only know what your, your pump is able to do, uh, pressure wise and gallons per minute wise, but also just understand, Hey, that motor on there, they all run a little bit differently and you have to be uh, wary of that as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's important that you match, like say the height hydraulic capacity of, of what that pump requires with what you're doing. And, uh, you know, if you got any questions, always feel free to to contact your your nearest dealer, or you know, always feel free to reach out to an Ag Spray uh, Service Center location that they should have staff on hand that would be able to answer those questions for you to make sure you get that pump set up correctly.
0: Sounds to me like a great resource that we have within this company is, is this service guy you mentioned, this Jason Hake guy. <laughs> it sounds like we should get him on this podcast sometime to talk a little bit, don't you think?
1: Uh, you, you absolutely need to, and. Yeah, another great resource for people is if you, when you do have to dig in and have to repair a seal or maybe a, uh, uh, you need a new impeller is uh, agspray.com. Uh, we have all the uh, pump breakdowns are located on the website. So on the uh, on the top navigation bar, there'll be a drop down that has uh, pump man uh, pump breakdowns. So you can uh, click on that and it'll, they're they're sorted by manufacturer. So you can go right to the pump that you have and click on it and they'll give you a complete, uh, breakdown of that pump. So it'll help you as you're tearing into that pump to know, you know, what parts you're potentially may need or kind of, as you're taking it apart, what to be looking for.
0: And I'll be serious when I say this as, as a sales guy sitting at my desk and a customer calls in and they say, hey, I've got this pump. My first move is to go to the AgSpray website and go to our, our breakdown on there because I can find it faster than fumbling through pages or trying to find a book off the shelf. Uh, I can get there much quicker. So mo- most every pump that you're going to run into out there, uh, there is a diagram for that uh, on our website. So a, a great resource there. So thank you for, uh, thanks for mentioning that, Don. It It, it is uh, uh, in particular a, a, a great resource. Now, as we As we talk about spring and and troubleshooting, this is always one of my my favorite things to reflect on come mid-June into July because you've gotten through that initial big wave of problems is to kind of go back and go, what was the screwiest service call that you dealt with this spring? And I I can think of lots of them off the top of my head. One of the first service calls I remember taking from a customer is just could not get any pressure built up out of a a brand-new pump. Uh, got it and and, you know it worked pretty good for a little bit and uh, then all of a sudden tips were plugged up everything's plugged up couldn't figure it out well it turned out uh, the owner's manual was in the tank he had filled the tank with water that paper had disintegrated and then plugged everything up and we eventually troubleshooted that so even though like there are very complex problems we work through sometimes the simplest thing out there can be the answer don do you uh you got any uh any stories like that
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was uh, working with a guy on a piece of equipment. This is a number of years ago, and uh, uh, we were running a Raven automatic rate controller, and we just couldn't get it figured out, and we troubleshooted it for a number of days. So uh, it was a very busy time of the year, but we just decided that, hey, we need to go get this figured out. It was a a three-and-a-half-hour drive. I left late on a Friday afternoon, got down there probably about 6.30, walked into his uh, shop where he had the machine sitting and I remembered in part of our conversation him saying that he couldn't get his his speed wasn't working or didn't seem to be working but you know every once in a while he would get a speed reading and we just couldn't get it figured out and uh, this is again a number of years ago when he and uh, we were using radar not GPS at that time and as I walked up to the machine I looked at the radar gun and it just didn't quite look right so I hopped up in the cab and I went through the you know, the, the pre check calibrations on make sure all the settings were correct. And then I opened the back window and I yelled out to the guy, I said, When I tell you, wave your hand over the top of that radar gun. And about that time, his face just turned white. Here he had mounted his radar gun upside down. <laughs> and <laughs> so uh, uh, he wasn't getting the speed reading. So naturally, as soon as he waved his hand over the top of the radar gun, we had a speed reading and everything was good. So uh, that was a seven hour drive to uh tell a guy he had his radar gun upside down but you know those are things that happen you you learn in this industry never take anything for granted got you know everyone has the the, the utmost uh in trying to have the, the right intentions but uh sometimes you just got to play detective to, to kind of people get you know um nervous and anxious and so they sometimes don't necessarily they they think they're giving you the correct information but you kind of got to Dig a little bit deeper to make sure that you're getting all the information you need. Yeah, I, we
0: all deal with it, and, and you know, this time of year things get hot, heavy. Everybody's going. You got to get get things sprayed. You got to get over things for the first or second time. And sometimes your brain isn't catching up with your actions, and you just uh, you get frustrated with something too quickly. And sometimes if you just take that step back, take a couple extra seconds. You're going to find out, oh, this this was a very simple problem. There was a, a piece of paper that disintegrated and, and got stuck in the strainer. The, You know, we didn't plug this thing in. The radar's mounted upside down. Another one, I think you told me or somebody else uh, told me that you'd have a, a customer had a 200-gallon sprayer. He'd be out spraying. Things would be going fine. And then after about five minutes, he'd lose all pressure. So he'd shut everything off, check it out, turn it back on again. Everything is great. Get going again for another five minutes. It would shut off. Turns out. There was a plastic bag it floating in the water, and as uh, the tank would drain down, it would suck itself into the uh, the tank bung and plug everything up from uh, going off, and this was happening over and over again. So sometimes the simplest answer is the best answer, but sometimes there's uh, complex problems out there too.
1: Right, right. And one that I've found that uh, for guys, um, a telltale sign that you're maybe having a strainer issue is if you start off and things are working good. And as you continue to go, your pressure starts to drop. That's typically a sign of restriction. And we normally have found that you know, always look to your strainers. And again, a number of years ago, um, we had a guy we did we were trying to troubleshoot and we battled for numerous days trying to figure it out. And again, it was um, late on a Friday, it was actually after work. Uh, a few of us guys jumped in a pickup, ran out to the guy's place, trying because we just couldn't figure out what was going on. And, we checked all the strainers, everything looked fine, you know, he'd start off, he'd have all kinds of pressure, the longer he went, the less pressure he got, and uh, finally, actually, it was Jim Shapen, my father-in-law, had the strainer in his hand, he happened to tap it against the tire of the tractor, and as he did that, all this fine sand fell out, well, here, he had been pumping from a well that it was pumping fine sand, and that strainer, when you looked at it in the sun, looked like it was clean, but it was plumb full of this fine sand, and then once we climbed up and looked inside the tank there was sure enough it was fine sand in the bottom of that sprayer tank and so that's what it was he'd start off fine the sand would settle to the bottom of the bowl the more he'd spray that sand would start to fill up that strainer bowl and ultimately his pressure would drop the more he continued to spray
0: it is crazy and all across the country everybody has issues like this uh, that you deal with you know another thing that uh, does cause issues is obviously algae uh, in water and that's another thing that we talk about is you know being uh, being wary of that anytime that you've got had water in a tank for a while you run the risk of uh, getting algae in there so making sure that you either drain uh, your sprayer at the end of the use so that you don't have any of that residual water or keeping it cleaned out will help remedy those issues uh, as well. So there's there's a ton of things that, that we could troubleshoot. Uh, Don let's maybe talk a little bit uh, on the electronic side uh, and there are some real basics whether you are uh, spraying with a 165 foot boom out in the wide open lands of manitoba a- a- and just going for days before you have to turn around or maybe you're 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 in the south you're in kentucky you got a 13 acre field and there is not a straight row on the entire place regardless of all that if you have any sort of electronical components uh on your sprayer whether that be a flow meter or a control valve or pwm there are some real basic things that you that you should check out um when initially going in, and and really the first thing that we we talk about before you get in the cab and you start going, uh we, we always talk about calibrations and making sure you've got the right calibration numbers uh in your controller. And Don, I know you you've probably got some experience with that as well. Uh it, it is key that when you turn that thing on, that you just don't assume everything's perfect and, and you go out and, and start spraying.
1: Yeah, it's always a good idea when you get in the cab, particularly after having used it for a while, check your calibration numbers within the monitor make sure that all the settings are correct that you know some something didn't happen that for some reason it zeroed out or somebody you know I've got uh, nieces and nephews that periodically are out at the farm and they like to climb in the tractors and push buttons that somebody didn't accidentally push a button and change the calibration number and you know um, change something that because if any calibration number is off that's going to cause your your application rate to be off and you know, once you validate that, then, you know, all spraying is a, is a function of gallons per acre. And so we need to make sure that the gallons um, variable in there is tied directly to your flow meter, um, you know, making sure that's working correctly. There's no real good way necessarily to test those other than just to making sure. Uh, what I like to do is have guys cross reference between what their flow uh, gallons per acre is telling them versus their pressure gauge. So. Um, I know what these automatic rate controllers guys kind of just have learned just to, to kind of lean on those. And if it says they're putting on their 15 gallon an acre, it's putting on 15 gallon an acre. But what I like to do is, is, you know, what, what tips are you running? What's your speed? Your kind of your, your target or average speed. And then, you know, figure out what their pressure should be at that, what their, their average speed through the field is, and then just have them periodically check that. So if you're going through the field and, you do the math and check your charts, and it says that at 8 mile an hour I should be at, you know, 35 PSI. I always want to cross-reference that, that my monitors tell me I'm putting on 15 gallons and my pressure gauge tell me that I'm at approximately 35 PSI. Because if there's a variance there, then that's telling me I may have an issue. Um, I may have a strainer issue. I, I Maybe I, I busted a nozzle off and it's all spraying out, and it, it always happens, you know, the ones you can't see from the cab. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just a good cross-reference that you can help eliminate some headaches down the road if, if you're just aware of what that pressure should be at that speed you're wanting to run, so you can just as a good cross-check.
0: As always, Don, great tips. Anything else to add before we wrap up for today?
1: No, and then the other, like I said, talking about the variables, gallons per acre, and the other part of that then is acres, which is going to be a, a function of speed. Uh, The acres is going to be a combination of the width of the machine that you have calibrated in there and then your speed. So, again, just making sure your speed's accurate. And, again, just uh, cross-check that with typically your tractor. Um, Some guys think they need to match, and, you know, some of those just aren't always correct. You know, the best way to do that is to mark out a course and time it um, just to validate uh, that, you know, your tractor speedometer might be off for whatever reason. So just validate that you got a good speed reading.
0: Don, as always, appreciate you taking some time to talk with us.
1: Hey, my pleasure. Be safe out there.
0: Big thanks to Don for joining us once again on the podcast. Always uh, like having the repeat guest uh, whenever we can. Don is a great one. He's just a wealth of knowledge and uh, a great guy to talk to about uh, issues like this because uh, not only has he farmed and been out there in it, he's helped develop products. He has seen it uh, from a troubleshooting side, he's seen it from as a customer. Uh, you know, he has seen it uh, from A lot of different perspectives, so we appreciate Don uh, for uh, coming on to the podcast here and talking to us a little bit. Be sure to uh, spread the word about the Priming the Pump podcast from Ag Spray Equipment. Uh, Let your friends know that they can download it on on any place that you listen to podcasts, uh, whether that be on iTunes or Spotify, Pandora, uh, I'm sure there's a, there's 7,000 different places that you can get podcasts delivered to you, or you can just uh, listen on your desktop via Podbean, wherever you're listening to it. Uh, we certainly uh, appreciate that. So be sure to spread the word uh, and let everybody else know about the uh, Anksbury Equipment Podcast, Priming the Pump. Well, as in life and in pumping, always remember to prime your pump. You never want to run dry, overheat, or cause damage when you don't have to. So stay efficient and efficient. Work hard, make sure your pump is primed. This has been Primed Pump from Ag Spray Equipment.